Hello, Guardians. Welcome back to Tower Casuals, the Destiny podcast. I am one of your hosts, Corey Deary, alongside me, as always, is the Cloud Striden Tormentor Running Campaign Legend, Josh Finney. Oh, my God. Hi, Corey. Hi, Josh. It How is. are you on this light fall week? It's been a fucking week, man. Oh it's, been a, it's been a fucking day. It's been yeah. a day. For, for those of you who don't well, know... You're he, being he terrorized had, uh, by baseball-sized hail or something. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we're going through it down in uh, down in Dallas. <laughs> it was described by the weather man on TV as a land hurricane, as to what was going on outside my front door. The wind literally... Everything was completely still outside, and then it went from 0 to 70 literally quicker than you can snap your fingers. Yeah. Um, there was a tornado warning that popped. Um literally right after that line of wind uh hit me tornado warning went off so we had sirens uh funnel cloud formed over downtown dallas and they kept playing the map sixers game so that was fun um there's like two hundred thousand people in the metroplex without power right now double nice yeah um and we have determined that if i ever had to be on tv as a weatherman or a reporter during something like this I would probably be fired because I would just all I'd be able to say when they're like, uh, Josh, can you tell us how it's looking out there? I'd be like, uh, you know, uh, Rick, I don't know, man. Shit's bad. Shit's real bad, y'all. <laughs> That's all I'd be able to say. I'm gonna be honest. I my, my cousin's a news is a news broadcast or a news producer, and uh, she is uh, hunkered down. She she lives uh, about two and a half hours outside of Dallas uh, in a uh, smaller town off I twenty. Um, Tyler, Texas, and she uh, she will be hunkered down at the news uh, station tonight. She works the overnight shift as it is, so she's already in at work. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, any copy I would write would also say, "Just shit's bad, man. Shit's bad. Take it seriously. Shit's bad." So well, outside I, of that, <laughs> I I also something crazy happened to me today as well. Josh. Oh Lord, I would like to share with you. Hit me, Corey. Um. So I was driving to work this morning, you yeah. know, back roads, listening to pods, minding my own business. Dude, I'm just driving straight, man. All of a sudden I see this big black blur in the corner of my eye. As I turn my head, a giant bird hits my car. Yeah. just Shit's bad, know. yo. Shit's bad. <laughs> It hits my car. Dude, it's the loudest noise I've ever heard in my life. I swear to God. I look at my, I, I'm like, like, I swerve a little bit to the, you know, to the right. Cause I'm like, oh my God, something just hit my car. And I look at my rear view mirror. I see this thing go straight up in the air and then straight down and hit the pavement and not move. That bird committed suicide. Yeah. It's dead. It's gone. Like that, that bird was just done. It was tired of taking shit from, from humanity. It, it was done. Yeah, it was <laughs> that, uh, or it also heard about the baseball size tail and was like, "I don't want any part of this, y'all." Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, hmm. So, was there any you. damage to your car? No, there was a there was a big smudge of bird goop, though. Oh no! Oh no! So, did uh, uh, did you like? And I I mean this in all seriousness and not like sarcastically. Did you like almost shit yourself when you heard that, dude? I. Like how how jumped tight out of my car? You, how tight did you clench, dude? It was it was tight. Okay, you couldn't like, get. A piece I gotta of paper know. Could, could, if you shoved a lump of coal up there, could you have shitted out a diamond? Mm-hmm. I could have bought three houses. Oh damn. Okay. Well, 
that 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 went from uh, mildly amusing into uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and Blood Diamond territory. So, mm. yeah, are we are we allowed to talk about Leonardo DiCaprio right now? I heard I heard some things. I mean, he, he's he doing the same creepy. Again? He's doing the same creepy shit he's been doing for years. Oh, okay, so nothing. He I, is, however, I, one of our finest working actors, and he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I feel very weird about it, and the older he gets, the weirder it's going to get. But we didn't cancel Jack Nicholson for it either. So, yeah, yeah you know. I don't, I, mean, I don't know what we're going to do about Leo, but uh, I still like... Leo has not sexually assaulted somebody. That's the important yeah. thing here. That's... I mean, yeah, that's 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 true. Like, that's... There, I can count on one hand the amount of uh, the amount of actors or actresses that when they're in a movie, I probably will go see it, and Leo is, like, one of those three or four. Hmm. Yeah. I think that might do, like, irreparable damage to, like entertainment and pop culture as a whole if leo leo and tom hanks are like the two that i'm like please god just never please never so leo please date somebody like at least in their 30s let's start there at least in their their mid 30s yeah is that is that gonna is that gonna happen though can we close the age gap just a little bit because it is creepy it is really creepy yeah i mean it is you're you're not wrong you know what else is creepy Corey? what Fucking tormentors. Fucking tormentors. Uh, Yeah, I still would rather fight a tormentor than a fucking wyvern, though. Oh, my God. But, yeah, dude, Uh, the tormentors. Okay, let's let's, let's get it. Okay, so let's get into the nitty gritty of it. Yeah, so we're we're doing our kind of lightfall campaign discussion. By the way, shout out to Zao Ambrosio last night, man. I was, like, planning on staying up most of the night trying to finish this Mm -hmm. campaign because, I mean, let's be honest. I haven't exactly been the greatest at reviewing a campaign uh the last couple times one's been released and i was like you know what i'm gonna do it this time i got about <clears throat> two-thirds of the way through on the on tuesday night i was like you know what i'll finish it up tomorrow night and uh i was making my way through and zao ambrosia jumped into my game and helped me uh complete it i was gonna turn my headset on but it was dead because you know when you don't plug in a headset it dies and uh it's fair fair you know but you know, I wanted to give him a proper shout out because he uh, he came in clutch, man. Came in clutch on that campaign. Coming in clutch. Technically, I finished it this morning before I went to work because I got five weasel, uh, you know, uh, oh, uh, no. <laughs> bungee things. Uh, but it was it. I had already finished the final boss and the uh, watched the final cutscene. It was more the Taka Zavala and Ikora and go back. To yeah. It. The, the extra shit yeah so i guess we'll we should probably make this uh right now spoiler warning yeah uh, if, if you didn't catch that from the thumbnail or from you know the episode description this is going to be full spoilers we're not holding anything back yeah. um and uh we are just out of i know that cory didn't get a chance to get to it because it is a fairly like decently long quest um to give some added context to the campaign uh i would like to discuss the exotic uh machine gun quest yeah um i think it's actually very it's very important um Mm -hmm. to where we are in the story at this point um Mm -hmm. and it's probably the best part of the game honestly so um we're we're gonna discuss that so full spoilers for the entire campaign for uh Mm -hmm. anything that you can do on neamuna um Mm -hmm. And the exotic machine gun quest. Uh, we will not talk yeah. the lore from the uh, archivist missions, uh, which leads you up to getting the heavy stasis glaive. And uh, as of the time of this recording, I've not been able to get that uh, exotic pistol because they just put the aspects live like 
where fragments live maybe about the time that we're hitting record on this yeah so um they are all that, live i turned it on and checked they are all live right now okay they are all live i'm really glad that i have I'm sitting on a thousand uh strain fragments all right let's do it Corey. let's jump in yeah so, all right so initial I, go yeah. ahead initial oh. thoughts Corey. i want i want to get i want to hear your initial thoughts Corey and i have not spoken about the campaign at all to one another. i haven't even looked at anybody's like reviews or anything because yeah. i wanted to come in here with a clean thought the only thing i texted josh was you might have an angry Corey later uh, i thought that was in reference to uh your children and not to the game oh yeah i mean part of it was i absolutely that, thought that was also, your kids full disclosure but also i so the story good i like where it's going and i do know that they're going to continue the story all the way through yeah. the year plus obviously the final shape right I really felt like this campaign was a major step down from the Witch Queen overall. I f- I felt like this the the back half of the campaign was better than the front half. Um mm-hmm. but overall I did not really care a lot for at least the first half of the campaign like really at all. I really like I really like the Cloud Striders. I really like uh Rohan and Nimbus uh rip rohan uh <laughs> rip rohan yeah man i i saw that coming a mile away uh after the first mission uh i don't know i i i like neil muna as a location and the like just the verticality is super cool and they obviously are trying to get you to use strand a lot more and i wonder yeah. how this is going to change the rest of the game but I don't know. I just, I didn't really, I, I really thought the Lightfall campaign was a step down from the Witch Queen campaign. Um, so, yeah, let, let's let's go ahead and start there, because I echo a lot of the same thoughts and frustrations. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to be really clear about something right off the bat. This is not going to be a I'm going to shit all over Bungie take. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, have, I'm not that I think either. I have a very different take than most of the internet that I've seen. Um, Reddit and Twitter are just aflame right now. I would remind everybody this was roughly the same reaction that was had to Beyond Light. And I do think Beyond Light is a lackluster story, but a lot of us kind of changed tune once we started getting into Empire Hunt and into the post-campaign content. I mean, we all remember the Salvation Script quests. Mm -hmm. Um, We remember the Deepstone Crypt, uh, but Mm -hmm. I think a lot of us outside of like Hardcore Raiders really enjoy that raid. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think it's a perfect intro raid, for -hmm. example. As yeah. such, it's a little hard to... I, I kind of killed myself to get as much done as I possibly could, because I want to give as much context to this as possible, even though we're going to focus on the campaign today. Yeah. The campaign is rough. That's the. Yeah, I think that's the nicest way I can describe it. It's rough. I would I would actually say I think I enjoyed the Beyond Light campaign a little bit more than this. I, will, I refuse to say that. I, uh, I mean, like, obviously, everybody can have their own impressions. I saw people literally trying to say that Shadowkeep and... Uh, vanilla destiny one were better than this and i just i want to know what the fuck you're smoking no 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 Um, no out of the kind of what seven major campaigns there are yeah i I would i would count major major releases i would say this would probably be middle of the road probably like three or four and i want to be clear middle of the road is not middle of the road does not necessarily mean bad no when i say that i think that this was rough i think it's it would have been fine 
it wouldn't have been excusable, but it would have been more understanding if this was like two expansions ago, or if this yeah. had come out before the Witch Queen, and we had had questions left to answer, I would have understood it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I think that for everything that the campaign does right, I, wa- I want to focus on what it does right. There mm-hmm. are a lot of things this does right. It has the biggest, most bombastic encounters in any Destiny release. The I, I want to highlight a couple of things here. The Sparrow race outside of the Typhon Imperator is one of the funnest moments yeah. I've ever had in a Destiny campaign. It very much echoed the escape from uh, Not Riven last year. Yeah. Um, both uh i i played this with on legendary on legendary difficulty with nerd generalist and colonel panic uh for full disclosure uh for the first two-thirds of the campaign and then i finished with uh our friend nadiki from the discord shout out nadiki uh for going through some of that insane shit with me um the sparrow race out of the typhon imperator felt very reminiscent of the maw from halo one mm-hmm. there's a lot of halo one and halo two calls yeah i game. felt a lot of um specifically this the the back half right like the you said the sparrow race i actually thought the the strike that they make you do during the campaign was really just i i I, really liked it a lot i think the opening the opening mission is very reminiscent of cairo station um i mean seeing a tormentor for the first time is a memorable moment because i actually got i got grabbed by it and killed Mm -hmm. by it when it first appeared because i didn't realize it was going to grab me that quickly yeah, um, it's uh, you gotta stay away. When we faced one, when we faced the first one, boarding a cabal drop pod to go to Naomuna is really cool. I think that's a really cool moment. Mm-hmm. It's very reminiscent of giving the Covenant back their bomb. Um, yeah, when you're I got a lot of, o- of ODST vibes from that actually. Too. Yeah, uh, I got that. It and that, that's kind of what I was feeling when you let, crash into the ruined city. I, yeah. I literally said that. I was like, man, this kind of takes me back to uh, starting out ODST. Mm-hmm. Um, when you wake up as uh, I think it's Buck. Um, felt very reminiscent of that one. Mm-hmm. But for every cool moment like that, mm-hmm. and I think there are several awesome moments. You get those two, you got the strike. I really love the strike, personally. I think that's going to be yeah. an absolute bitch on Grandmaster, but oh, yeah, I'm excited suck, to see things awesome. like that. And the final mission, the final mission is incredible. It may be one of the best Destiny missions we've ever gotten overall. You have fucking NPCs actually fighting with you. And it's what we've asked for for so long. Keitel and her troops legit were locking down a Tormentor while Nadiki and I dealt with the other one. And then we were able to like pivot around. That was a really cool, like it felt very last stand, especially when you all get pushed up the ramps. Yeah. Uh, Felt very cool. Felt very earned. Uh, racing through the building and you're hearing callus rampaging through it you yeah. get down there and when you i kept fight... turning around because yeah. i kept thinking callus was like i thought i like i thought i thought he was like... chasing us yeah yeah I, I thought he was chasing us and if you like stopped he was gonna like run you over and you were gonna have to restart that's what i kind of thought that's what like the sound design in that that mission in particular was incredible um i think that the boss fight is extremely challenging and yeah, I was... really enjoyed, I, I, and I want to say that about the Legendary Campaign, I enjoy the difficulty of the Legendary Campaign. I do think it was a tad bit down from Witch Queen's difficulty, which is good because the Sabathun fight was just fucking wild on day one uh, on yeah. Legendary. Um, the Callus fight is, it's up there though. Like we legitimately had to keep going back to the drawing board to figure out what we were going to do uh, to manning it. But I think mm-hmm. it's really rewarding. Here, here, here in light, so we, we've gotten through the good. 
let's talk about the bad and the ugly. Well, I, hold on. I want to go. I want to go back to the tormentors real quick before we get to the go. Go, to the go back to the tor. Well, yeah, I, I was going to circle around to them. As oh, a whole okay. Discussion. Okay, then we can we can talk yeah. about that then. It's going to want to like overview things real quickly. Yeah. Okay. In yeah. terms of the bad stuff, um, we're a little too late in the game to. Oh, also, shout out to the cinematics and music team. Holy shit! Yeah, the cinematics are awesome. We got a cinematic with almost every mission, which was very much needed. Uh, this is probably the most cinematic heavy destiny release we've had since maybe destiny 2 since mm. vanilla d2 released yeah because yeah. it felt like it had the budget it felt like it had the cinematics budget for that i'm not gonna say the overall budget mm -hmm. the cinematics budget let's talk about yeah. the bad let's talk mm -hmm. about the bad yes it's too late in the game to be introducing new concepts and not be explaining them in the same game um you have one major release after this Everything about this release feels like it very much feels like parts of the game should not exist because there's such a heavy focus on strand. And I don't think that strand is a bad power. I think the fact that it is crammed down your throat in a way that it does not affect the story at all, by the way. No, there's is... literally there's literally a story mission where like Osiris is training you with strand and it doesn't progress the story like which is really all. silly by the way because that is the most god-awful fucking thing on legendary was that time trial yeah. um i did not enjoy that i did not enjoy having strand forced on me because it fucks with your builds too it fucks mm -hmm. with your builds when you're forced to do that mm -hmm. um did not enjoy it um there was very little purpose if, if we were like using those powers to destroy like more of those like light suppressors i could understand that mm -hmm. but you encounter those for like two missions and then never again mm -hmm. it reeks of really lazy storytelling but like if you were to remove all the sh all the missions where you're forced to use strand you have maybe six real missions in this game and that feels like it probably should have been the first half of what will be the final shape because the impression yeah. i get is that the final shape as it exists now going forward is what lightfall was supposed to be this feels yeah. like they thought of this, they realized, because we found out last year it was being split into two releases, or before mm -hmm. Witch Queen, excuse me, the Witch Queen uh, proper reveal, we found out it was going to be Lightfall, and then the final shape. Yeah. Around that time, they had to have realized, shit, we have just a little, not a lot, a little too much story to cram into one game. But we also have these concepts we have to introduce. We have to introduce the Veil. We have to introduce... Uh, well, I mean, mainly the veil. We have to tell the backstory of the witness. And I think the clarification they gave in the TWAB today should calm some people like myself and Bife down a bit when it comes to the narrative, saying like, hey, this, this story is going to unfold the entire year. But I think that's also really poor in a game where seasons are taken out. That's really bad storytelling to me. That That's mm -hmm. a, not, not bad storytelling. I, I, I want to I clarify that. That's not bad storytelling. That's bad game management. I'm gonna I'm gonna backseat game dev for a second. I understand you have to have seasons. There is such a tonal shift between what happens in Lightfall and what is happening in Season of Defiance. There is such a tonal shift. It almost feels like they should be flip flopped. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm coming around on Nimbus slightly, and that's because of the LMG quest largely. But I do think that he is the weakest NPC we've gotten in a in a well. I would say in a while since Varix. Varix sucks too. Sorry, Varix and Beyond Light. and Beyond Light sucks, Corey. He does. He does uh, fuck all. T tell me what Varix does in Beyond Light. 
Absolutely nothing, but I love Absolutely Harry. fuck all. He does nothing, and he's like still like, hey, man, I still think Aramis is right, but she's like kind of nuts, so I don't want to follow her. Mm-hmm. Um, so I love Varric's. I got. I know. I, I know you do. And it pains statue. me. That's why it pains me to say that. But I think it's such a sharp. He does kind of suck in that downturn <laughs> from Finch, who, by contrast, was one of the better planetary vendors we've had. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I've seen a lot of people say like, "Well, why do you guys hate Nimbus so much?" Like they're 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 like Cade Six, and mm-hmm. I would say to that, yeah, Cade Stick was getting old by the end too. Cage Stick was fine in the Taken King. He w- he brought the only comedy to a very serious expansion, not the other way around, where it feels like no one's really taking shit seriously except for Osiris. Yeah, and even Osiris taking it seriously is just composed of him yelling at us, saying we're mm-hmm. out of time. Dude, yeah. you you clearly have Strand like at the end of the game. Why don't you? I was expecting him and Keitel to come swinging in, honestly, when we were fighting Callus. Yeah. When I, we got I to that phase Osiris two, I sure. really thought Osiris and uh, fucking Nimbus were going to come flying in. Yeah. Um. But the narrative is just, and the the, narr- the narrative is where I have the main complaints. It is all over the place. So it, let's it really is. Let's go. Let's go ahead because this is going to be. I think this is the bulk of the complaint here. Yeah. So you have that oh, awesome. Can I say opening. something before you get started? You, you can say something quick, before I, before I, I get on my soapbox. I know you're gonna go really in depth in it, and yeah. you do a lot better job. I felt like I felt like there were like a thousand things going on in the story, and yep. none of them made sense together. Yep. Right. That's that's my one kind of gripe with this, where I'm like, I'm interested in all these threads, but yeah. I feel like some of these ideas maybe could have fit into seasons. Some of these ideas could have fit in like a different campaign. Like it just felt yeah, like so we have all these ideas that we need to get out. And this was kind of what I was worried about when we were talking before this release, maybe a couple months ago. I'm like, how are they going to fit all this story into four or five seasons? If the final yeah. shape is the final kind of push, right. You know? So let's let's start there. Let, 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 let's start there. Let's start with doing doing too much, spreading ourselves too thin. Um, I think it's clear that they weren't going to be able to cram everything into one game, and I think that's why. I honestly think they split it solely because they need the seasons in between, mm-hmm. and they had to force some of the stuff to the seasons in between. I think choosing to, if it really does happen this way, uh, putting like you know what is the witness actually after? What is he? like mm-hmm. all together or what is it all together um they actually class mm-hmm. it, call it an it mm-hmm. um what is up with that i think relegating that to seasons is a really poor decision uh, if that is what happened I'll, I'll reserve judgment until we actually see it but to not put that into the game is such a bad decision i think the inaction of the vanguard is hilarious they they've been nowhere to be seen in every expansion essentially um, yeah. Even the city is largely the guardian rallying the forces to take right. it back in uh, into Red War and you know Forsaken. Zavala forbids you from doing anything. Shadowkeep only Ikora shows up. Beyond Light, they kind of pretend that they don't see what you're doing out there on Europa and Witch Queen. Well, Ikora went and sat on Mars for uh, some campaign dialogue, and that was about it. Um, the narrative, though, to introduce the Veil so late. And I do think it's hilarious because the Veil was the code name for the Darkness race, and we've talked about it so many mm-hmm. times on this show. I think mm-hmm. to retcon that into being an artifact is both kind of ingenious and hilarious because it's clearly a nod, right? 
Yeah. I'm going to try and interpret the veil the best way that I can, because we know, we know fuck all about, we know it's a paracausal artifact that clearly is of the same design that I won't even say clearly, but in my interpretation is it's of the same kind of design that the pyramids and the traveler are. Yeah. And it kind of exists in the space between strand supposedly comes from the veil, which explains why, like it's the energy from the veil, which explains why cabal have strand shields. That's the in-game explanation. Yeah. I, I don't think we really needed an explanation for that, but okay. Like, okay. You gave them energy types because you want us to match up shields. Congratulations. Right. Um, but if the, and I'm going to try and interpret what the witness wants here a little bit, because it's left so unclear. He, you know, he etches out that triangle, which gives us the original Lightfall logo that we saw a couple years ago, back before mm-hmm. Beyond Light. Yep. And then him and the him and the uh, the pyramids that are formed around it just kind of disappear into there. From what we know about the travel, you know, the traveler has LC in the time loop, for example. Mm-hmm. I wonder if because something that the that the witness says in uh, the Witch Queen at the end of the Witch Queen is your pale heart holds the key key to fucking what like now you've got the veil right. in here which is weird and this is why i want to talk about the exotic machine gun quest because the exotic lmg quest full full spoilers here if you haven't done the quest you're you've been warned deals with rohan's research into what the vex were doing you find out the vex were trying to create a copy of the veil they were trying to create their own veil essentially mm-hmm. and through some shenanigans and through some of the quests you have to go do and whatnot, you eventually find um, a leaf from the Tree of Silver Leaves from Season of Arrivals. And eventually you find that Rohan's research leads you to back to the Black Garden. You go back through most of the raid in reverse, uh-huh. fighting your way through it. And it serves as a really good send-off to... Rohan, who's a character you really don't get to spend a whole lot of time with, but it actually made me a little emotional at the end. And you go through, you're given his LMG. His LMG is the exotic LMG. Uh, Nimbus gives it to you before you go fight the boss. But the Taken are there fighting mm-hmm. the Soul Divisive. And the Soul Divisive, if you remember correctly, are the Vex that worship the Black Heart in Vanilla Destiny 1. Mm-hmm. They are the ones that reside inside of the Black Garden. They've always been thought to be doing the bidding of the Witness. It's outright stated that the witness is sending the Taken in there to destroy the Vex mind that you're chasing through it, the consecrated mind, because it wants its core destroyed. It doesn't want anything leading back to itself. You kind of come to find out that the Black Heart was the witness's attempt to create a copy of the Veil, and it didn't work. So we kind of like, in a way, did him a favor and delayed the inevitable by destroying it. Or mm-hmm. not even destroying it, but like cleansing the Black Garden in Destiny mm-hmm. One. It's it's been like eight years since I played that campaign, so please forgive me if I understand. Maybe you should play off. it again, Josh. I uh, genuinely, I think I may I may have to go play that final mission again. Um, and so as a result, I still have no idea what the veil is. My best guess is that because every time that we see the witness, with the exception of him floating through space, there's shattered glass around him, like when he's talking to Callus through his dreams. Yeah. Um, things of that nature it makes me think that somehow the witness is not whole and that entering the traveler will make him whole maybe the traveler in a way is like this i I, i'm gonna keep throwing this word around paracausal that's like i don't know like space supernatural like timey-wimey bullshit 
you uh, you think like, you think this is a neo uh <laughs> uh agent smith sort of deal no i i think that the traveler ultimately i think that the traveler possibly acts as a prison at this point uh your pale heart holds the key zavala and ghost both note after the campaign that the traveler is dead the ghosts feel different they no longer feel the connection to the traveler um and indeed if you look on your if you look if you look outside the helm you look on your director map the big ass triangle is there yeah this is we're entering kind of uncharted territory and i think that's something that's going to be explained over the year but to not explain what the veil is like to, to circle back to my main criticism not explain what the veil is and for their ultimately i mean so you you have a couple issues here right you don't explain what the veil is we never really get a sense of what callus is trying to achieve here you know callus just wants to basically party until the end of time and the witness is like when he realizes that you know the witness definitely knew this the witness literally uses callus as a pawn to get us to chase him to the veil because he takes control of our ghost that cutscene irks me more than anything in the entire game i think our ghost starts going up, and instead of us doing anything, and I, I will accept a few explanations here, instead of us doing anything and us yelling into our into our earpiece, Osiris, what's wrong? We don't use stasis to freeze our ghost. Nimbus does not zip up on his silver surfer board to grab him until after the connection has already happened. He didn't think of this beforehand, obviously. We Nimbus don't use is, we don't idiot. use fucking strand to pull ghost back. <laughs> Which I can yeah. I can accept the in-universe explanation of, well, if you used it, the Guardian is probably exhausted. Where did we get Kvostov from, by the way? Right. Um, like K Kvostov here, but, like, not in the game. Yeah, that's kind of right wild. Now. By the way, my Guardian definitely had Taipan on him at the time. You 100% get a shot goes down. I um, definitely had a... Uh, uh, I had Galley. Uh, I had Galley. Galley. Galley beats all. Yeah, that's true. Like to not do anything and we see the hesitation of our guardian to not shoot ghost if our guardian had just done what he needed to and shot and I, it's a lot easier said than done but i think that would have added so many stakes i'm gonna armchair develop for a second we're gonna make the campaign better for a brief second yep here we go what if you shoot your ghost and you get a puka to accompany you the rest of the year and part of what you're doing throughout this and final shape is you are fixing ghost i mean that would make sense what if you're fixing ghost what if you're fixing Ghost and you have to use pieces of Segura's shell to do it? So yeah. that's a quest line that you do with Osiris. Mm -hmm. What if we don't have Strand at all in this game and you have Osiris leave partway through Season of the Seraph after the whole Spire of the Watcher thing and like, oh yeah, I guess his visions are real. What if he takes off with Saint to go with Saint or Drift, even Drifter? Drifter would have given him a lift. Him, Drifter, and Elsie. Eris, what if they all, like, just kind of fucked off together to Niamuna? Yeah. To see if Osiris's visions were correct, that there was a city in the clouds. You know? Yeah. There, Elsie's, Elsie's gotten close to there before. She's gone to a space station out there. Like, why are these things not happening? We, we, the, they keep talking, Ishtar Collective, Ishtar Collective, Ishtar Collective. Maya Sundaresh is brought up so many times in the post-campaign quest. Why are we not going back to the Ishtar Collective on Venus? Right. You know? We've, we we yeah. find out that this was the third of the Exodus ships that yeah. was launched and mm -hmm. was lost out there, presumed destroyed and lost, and it's it's there, it's there. There's an Exodus ship right there. Yeah, it's right there. 
Um, there's an interesting painting in one of the ships that we go into. I think it's in the Typhon Imperator. I don't remember exactly where it is, but there is a mural that is seen, a darkness mural that is seen somewhere in the game. I saw a screenshot of it where it looks like the there's ghosts in it and it looks like Neomunans are uplifting the Awoken species ultimately. Almost like a higher evolution. So that was a really interesting one. Oh, and you can clearly see Nezarak in the painting, by the way. Um, other things that I kind of have a gripe with. I mean, again, you you could you could have done so many things to fix this 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 whole thing. You could you could have done so many things. I think to make the stakes bigger and better. I'm not saying that I needed Callus to have a change of heart. I actually think it's better that he didn't. It's an awesome end fight. You kind of get the sense in the final seconds when you kill him, he yells something. He yells a name. And at first we were wondering, like, well, is that like a moon of Tora Bottle or something? And it's actually being speculated that it's probably Keitel's mother's name. Yeah, that, like, it's that second as he's dying, he realizes what he's done, like, what's happened to him. Right. So I think having Callus die completely irredeemed is actually a poetic end to his character. He always wanted to be the one there at the end of the universe, and instead you killed him to try and stop the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. He was given a Cabal's death. Yeah. Um, I don't want to dwell too much on the negative. It's just it's really hard to get past not only all that, but then the narrative is also affected by Strand. The focus on Strand takes away so much. Anytime the campaign would start getting momentum, bam, here's Strand. Here's Strand. You got a Master Strand. You got a Master Strand. Why do I need a Master Strand? Why, when those uh, light uh, dimming arrays are up, why can I not use stasis in there? Right. These are questions I would like the answer to. Um, Yeah. The whole idea of Callus being a disciple is fine, and you see he clearly hasn't learned shit. He hasn't learned shit. In the uh, by the time of the campaign, but there's just so little done with him. He gets the he gets the piss scared out of him once by the witness, and he has some dialogue with Keitel, But even that feels like kind of throwaway and like, oh, this probably could have been like put in a season. Mm-hmm. I almost feel like some of this stuff should have been taken care of during Haunted. I yeah, actually think a... you could. I think you could have done everything on genuinely everything involving Callus except the final fight probably could have been handled during haunted or during like cutscenes and plunder or something like that. Like I actually think if you move a lot of the cutscene events between like mm-hmm. the witness and callus to like the last two seasons, it actually mm-hmm. would have flowed a little bit. If they were like the end of season cutscenes, for example. So we see like the slow poisoning of his mind or like, right. If this was getting teased back with, we know it got teased in dialogue, but what if it was teased like in actual like cutscenes? with Vox Obscura. Mm -hmm. Um, Not unlike when we saw Crow's Resurrection in Black Armory and then nothing was done with it for a couple of years. Like it actually would have been kind of cool in retrospect, again, armchair developing, if you would have teased Callus's Resurrection as a disciple after you completed Presage for the first time or complete Presage on Master for the first time. It actually kind of could have been a cool Easter egg and it would have helped cut down. You probably still could have done Vinyl Shape. I won't lie, I'm a little scared about the narrative going into Final Shape now. Yeah. Um, I think there is simply too much to do. Like, And I think they kind of knew they were going to get some backlash. The fact that we got the season name announced ahead of time and a brief premise of it. We're not going to keep things secret this year. You kind of can't now. 
We already yeah. know Season of the Deep is next. Um, and I'm going to save a lot of that for our season talk next week. Um, some theories I have on the seasons. But this narrative is just all over the place. Like, for every cool, almost Michael Bay-esque moment that you have, you, you have so many best-in game like best in series action moments i think we talked about the vex strike we talked about the escape from the typhon imperator we talked about the fight with keitel against just this gigantic army talk about uh numerous enemies on screen holy shit you know talk holy crowd control batman um there's so many cool things that they do and it's all bogged down by inconsistent storytelling it's bogged down by an npc that you're either gonna like you're either tolerating him or you hate him i don't think anybody outright loves nimbus no i um yeah i don't know i can't i don't i don't know about them it's hard to care about rohan because he gets killed off halfway through and you don't really have a chance to bond with him man i wish the rohan like sacrifice would have happened like in at the end couple like either at the end of the the season, no, even at the end of the year, I feel like it would have helped Nimbus grow, or like somewhere, I would maybe have been like okay. a third season, like the so third here's season. Here's my problem. To... I think he needed to die in game, and I, I will stand by this because the growth that Nimbus goes through in the LMG quest is actually so important to him or to them as a character. Me, I'm gonna keep saying that to them as a character, it's so important. Mm-hmm. that I'm okay with it, especially if this character is meant to be around for the next several years. Mm-hmm. You start finding out things, you know, in the post-campaign stuff, and you're just like, you could have put some of this into the campaign and it would have been so much better. Like, there are, there's so many things that are just so inconsistent when it comes to the, the, the lore, when it comes to the lackluster storytelling, but then there's so many cool things at the same time in the post-campaign. The, you know, the quest in the Black Garden. The fact that you're hearing unintelligible whispers, but if you equip Nezerak's Whisper or Nezerak's Sin, you can understand those whispers. Mm-hmm. It's Nezerak talking to you. You know, we get the explicit confirmation that he's actually terrorizing the citizens. And, you know, now, I mean, it's all but confirmed that he's essentially going to, he's being set up to be either the raid boss or a major encounter in the raid. Yeah, in you know because it's it's called root of nightmares. You can't get much more on the nose than that, right? And like to see things like that finally pay off is cool. I think that's really cool. But I should be feeling that sensation in the campaign too. Yeah, um, I should be feeling like Callus was a major part of this franchise for how many years have we been since Destiny Two launch? Twenty seventeen. For almost six years now, he's been a major part of the franchise, and he has an awesome final fight where you actually, when you kill him. But everything kind of leading up to that final mission is a bit of a dud with him. He's just, he's not this intimidating presence. He's just kind of like this, I don't know, over-the-top, like, Disney villain that I feel is more likely to steal the Aristocats than to bring the Apocalypse. That's I funny. think there's some really, really cool imagery that we see. I, I, I want to kind of circle back to some positives um, on the narrative uh, side of things, really more cinematics than anything. I think that the imagery, we continue getting the imagery of the garden, is a garden and flowers and whatnot. Like when the Traveler's Beam blasts the Witness's ship, 
is one of the most cinematic, spectacular moments in a franchise full of them, I think. Um, that was very cool. That was very, very... I don't know. I, I don't... The Death Star laser beam, man. We saw it uh, Saw last week. We got to see the full thing now. It's awesome. It's a cool... It's a cool opening to the game. And... The story, unfortunately, can't keep up with those cool moments. Those yeah. cool moments need to be built around a better story. It's pretty telling that Strand was supposed to be the Witch Queen thing. To me, it feels telling. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. I want to I want to clarify. I absolutely do not think that it's a bad thing. I think Strand is a worthwhile addition to the game. Yeah, um, I actually really like strand i didn't you know yeah, obviously let's, I, let's shift do we have do we have any more any more thoughts on do we have any more thoughts on the narrative because I, I don't want to dwell on narrative all night no i i think my my only worry is that this is the beginning of <clears throat> they've started so many threads and are continuing so many yes. threads that i'm just i'm worried that one year is not enough time to kind of wrap these things up before the final shape or get to a place where we can understand them and they have a continuing kind of thing after the final shape. Right. Cause I, I kind of wish this just had like one major focus that was aiming at the yes. final shape. This uh, I'm, I'm going to say, I'm going to save that thought. I'm going to, I'm going to save that thought. I, I, it's an overall expansion thought that I want to get out at the end. Um, let's uh, let's talk tormentors for a second. So way cooler than the light bearers and uh, the... yeah, cool, cooler than hive guardians. <laughs> yeah, uh, better than champs. Replace champs with these. Oh Not gosh, every champ, think... obviously, but I think these are like when I see a champ, I'm like, oh, okay, let's done, let's done, let's kill. Like I don't really get panic unless it's a uh, grandmaster. Yeah, these things are fucking terrifying. Yeah, um, they are fucking tanks. They're mini rolks in a way, except the first. And it's funny, the first times we shot off the shoulders, we were like, "Oh, he's gonna—he's he, showing his chest. He's gonna—he's gonna go into a damage phase now." Like we stunned him. Nope, he goes full on sicko mode on you and tries to murder you. Yeah, the first like the first time you you see one when you're in mm -hmm. the like that first kind of mission and you're running through right and like you get stuck in this room and you need <laughs> you need to get through because you open the key you have the key to open the next door, but the thing doesn't show up until you kill the tormentor and like absolutely terrifying I was absolutely in there. Like, horrifying i was like kind of looking where to go i'm like where am i going and the tormentor was behind me and i didn't notice and the tormentor grabbed me i didn't even know there was a tormentor in there mm -hmm. and he grabbed me and i'm like oh my god scary dude these things are scary <sighs> these things are absolutely terrifying and I love the additional challenge they bring. We had to kind of like plan our damage phases when we were fighting Callus. We couldn't just nuke these things. Mm -hmm. um, all, although I will say the amount of times that they fall off the map is hilarious. I have seen so many of these things, these things like lunge at you and like jump off the map. It's actually hilarious. That's the only way I think we survived some of the encounters on Legend. Yeah, like the ones on the rooftops. Like the ones on the rooftop when you're kind of uh, the one, the up. ones in the Callus fight specifically. Oh, really? I had them. Yeah, they were, they were, they would try to make the jump and they would just fall. And it That's was low-key hilarious to watch it happen. Um, they did it a few. T it happened a few other times, and it was just hilarious every single time. 
It's like, oh, they 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 noped out of here. Um, nope. I tormentors add a challenge in the way that Hive Guardians really didn't. It yeah. kind of makes sense that Hive Guardians really didn't because you still have to be able to get close enough to finish off their ghost. Yeah. But those things, it felt like, ah, give them a couple galleys, they're dead. These, yeah. they don't give a fuck what you shoot at them. No, they really don't. They don't care. I think the suppression is a little, the suppression field is a little insane. Um, but overall, very worthy addition. I have to wonder if this is like testing bringing in the actual like darkness race next year. I have yeah. to wonder if we're teasing that. Yeah. Because these beings also kind of sound like the things that Drifter may have encountered when he was traveling the beyond the solar system. The monolith creatures, as he described them. This kind of sounds like this might have been them. Yeah. Um, which I think would be, a real, again, a really cool callback, but where, where do you even slot that in at? Right. Um, he was too busy playing pirate last year to tell us about these things a little bit more. <laughs> Pirates. Let's talk. Let's talk. Let's. let's, let's uh, there, there's really not a whole lot more to say on Tormentors. They're, they're awesome. They're a great addition. They're a worthy addition. I'm mm -hmm. not looking forward to fighting these things on Grandmaster or in the raid because they're inevitably going to be all over the raid. Oh yeah, these things are going to be everywhere. <sighs> I'm terrified. They're going to be in that final boss, and I'm not happy. Yeah. So let's talk Strand a little, Corey, because I wasn't really going to focus on Strand tonight, but we kind of have to. Yeah. We have to talk a lot about Strand because it's shoved down your throat so much in the campaign. God, I feel like every ten steps is like. Use Strand. Use, Use Strand. Strand Guardian. <laughs> We're running out of time. I feel like I feel like you're encouraged to use it, and then Osiris is annoyingly screaming at you the first half of the campaign. You don't know what it is. Don't touch it. <laughs> and then he you're like, encouraged to use it, and surprise, you get fucked half the time when you use it because I'm so, maybe on like normal you can use it, but on the Legend campaign, mm-mm. You should not uh -oh. be picking that up. You should just use your loadouts that you have unless it absolutely forces you to do it. Yeah. Um, I got I got to know what you think as a Titan because we were both pretty down on this subclass. I got to know what you think because I Titans seem to be loving what's going on right now. I, I kind of like it. It feels like... So I thought it was going to be kind of like a mix between... It's a raw DPS super, by the way. I don't know if you saw the numbers from Astacross. It's like fourth <laughs> highest damage output in the entire game of anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I thought it was gonna be a mix between uh Striker, Titan, and uh Behemoth. And it actually feels like a, a way more controlled uh behemoth where like it, especially because like you have the two swords and you're just kind of running and slicing or whatever. It feels mm -hmm. really good. It kinda it almost feels like you're using a sword, honestly, but like does way more damage. Um I also, one of my favorite things to do is use the grapple and then lunge at enemies and take out four or five of them because it feels like a supercharged shoulder charge. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I actually, I'm actually really enjoying Strand. I ran around a little bit uh, earlier and was just trying different things out, jumping off buildings and using the grapple to kind of get places and then, uh, you know, use the strand powers to take out enemies it was actually really fun to use i'm actually shocked at how much i like it uh i'm excited to kind of go in and see what aspects work best i haven't looked mm -hmm. at any of this stuff just because i've been trying to finish the campaign but uh, i'm excited to see what aspects work well with a play style that i really like it's very mobile which i like it's very 
I feel very agile. It's I, I like it, and that's not something I'm used to as a Titan, obviously. Yeah, I think that there's a lot to I think there's a lot to unpack here. So Titans get an awesome I think all three got a really cool super. Um yeah. the hunter and so the warlock one is great for burst damage and for crowd control. I think the hunter one works best as crowd control. I was dropping in the playlist battlegrounds, I was dropping orange bars with one hit. Mm-hmm. Um I was dropping, you know, like orange hydras with one or two hits. And it's a really fun super. Like for pure damage, it's probably not the thing you want to run, but it is a lot. It is a lot of fun. The mm-hmm. ground slam you can do as hunters is insanely rewarding. Yeah. Um, suspending everybody. I think that the Yondu arrow is. Co- it, it needs to be buffed. You need to make that thing more powerful. I understand why it's not, but at least in PVE, you got to buff that thing. Mm-hmm. Um. My major gripe about the Strand subclass, other than it just got crammed down my throat, because it, it's unfortunate that it was crammed so much, because this is actually a really cool ability, and I think it would have been justified if, like, you had enter when you enter the Thunderdome of Kallus at the end, maybe you have to, maybe, like, if you get Strand, it's like an insta-kill or something on him. Uh-huh. It's like you grapple him or whatever. Um, yeah. I did get the final hit on my Kallus run, uh, with, because uh, I ran again with Andre and uh, Johnny yesterday. Um, I did get it from just punching him. <laughs> uh, I got, or excuse me, I, it was with Nadiki. I swung in with the grapple and punched, did the super punch, and it killed him. That was insanely rewarding to watch. But um, the grapples, because there's not grapple points everywhere. Like you want us to use this, but the cooldown for the grapple, even if you build into it, is so absurdly long. In PV, you got extend. In PvP, fine, leave it like it is. Cool, it shouldn't be a crutch. You got you got to lessen that in PVE. You shouldn't yeah. have to have an exotic to do that. And even if you do, it's it's only a hunter exotic. Yeah, you you, you got to fix that. Um, I don't, I think Strand is in a really unique place. Obviously, a lot of the best aspects were locked behind the raid. I don't know if they still are. Is every is every fragment available now? Yes, every okay every. Everything is available for Strand right now. Okay, so a lot like. of the best ones, I think, were ones that were being locked behind the uh, raid completion. I'm very excited to try some of that. I'm finally building into it a little bit. Did a little bit of that this afternoon um, before, you know, the land hurricane came. Um, <laughs> that's, so, that's so stupid. And it feels so good doing this in conjunction with Stasis Guns. I was using the uh, the Stasis SMG you can get from the new Super Public event on Neomuna, and that thing is a fucking monster if you're running Strand. Uh, I ran it, I ran Strand with that SMG in a uh, playlist battleground earlier. So I had a Strand Surge, and I think there was uh, some other kind of Surge. But I was doing so, uh, so it was like overloaded. I was doing so much damage. I just ran. I just ran the SMG and my strand abilities the entire time. I don't think I touched heavy once. I maybe popped a little bit of heavy on the meatball boss, and that was it. It was so much fun. I. It's been a while since I had this much fun with a subclass. I think the wacky videos we've seen make it even better. I don't know if you've seen any of them, but like my one of my favorite ones is uh, two people grappled onto a hydra, and the hydra just kept spinning in circles. I haven't seen that. That's so but funny. The all-time best one is there was a Titan that thunder crashed, 
across this big chasm in the Vex network and somebody grappled onto them and rode it, rode it all the way up the lift and out. That's awesome. That is just, this is some of the wildest shit I've ever seen. And I love it so much. You can, you chuck a tangle and you can grapple to it and just keep flying across the map. Um, I would like to know if you, I think you can grapple rockets, but I don't know for sure. You can, you can grapple anything that's airborne. I, I grappled, I grappled the Thresher in the final mission. Yeah. That was the most nauseating thing I think I've ever done because it kept spinning. But that was a lot of fun. I did I did greatly enjoy that. It dropped me up on uh, where one of the AA guns was. And I probably got absolutely demolished because of the Legend campaign. But that was still really fun and goofy to do. I was using the zip around the the Keitel, uh boss arena when you know oh, yeah. fighting with her. Yeah. So just so many good moments. There's also game. there's also with strand when you uh kill an enemy with a berserker it turns them into a bomb i don't know if that happens for you or not but it's super cool like um, if you say it, it again? just when you kill someone with strand like with your melee of strand it turns them into a little green bomb that you can throw um oh yeah that ha- that happens with yeah that happens with everyone those those are the tangles okay. those are the tangles yeah. you can throw okay um, yeah it's it, it's just it was a lot really of cool um Especially because, like, obviously they want you to use a grapple instead of a grenade. I think this is a good compromise, right? So I think that's cool. Yeah, I I think it's I think it's really good. I really enjoy it. I think it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm excited to see where Strand goes from here. Um, mm-hmm. I hope that we don't have to wait another year or two for more fragments. I would like to see a few more fragments added to Stasis as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. One thing I will note about Strand, outside of the campaign woes and forcing me to use it, it's, it's unfortunate because it's really fun. I was like predispositioned to not want to use it by the end. But it's it's a fucking blast. It's a fucking yeah, blast. It's super cool. Having to rebuy the fragments on every single class is antiquated, outdated design that is not fun for anybody. I genuinely wanted to play my Warlock on Strand until I saw that. Yeah, I, I was like, gotta do something. Mm, nope, I'm good. I'm not, and I'm not gonna pay the twenty bucks. I'm not gonna pay twenty bucks to skip that. Mm-mm. I can't. I'm, believe not, that's I'm not doing it. I, I don't care that much to do that. Uh, maybe it's like ten, uh, ten for each path or something. I don't know. But all I know is I saw twenty dollars floating around earlier, and I just, oh, dude, I did a, I did a whipple. I my neck snapped so fast doing a double take that I damn near got whiplash. That's, I don't like that. I don't know if you know about this about me, but I don't have health care, so that's not a good thing. Yeah, let's let's not. Yeah, you know. let's not let's not try to kill Josh here. Um, let's uh let's let's, let's talk about let's talk about Niamuna and uh, our wonderful Cloud Striders for a minute. Yes. So Niamuna, uh, I think like the so the Skybox of course continues to be absolutely beautiful. Skybox team killing it. Skybox oh, yeah. team still killing it. It never delivers on the promise of what we see in the Skybox, though. I yeah. get that most of this is supposed to be taking place on rooftops, but it feels really... And I'm going to say this as delicately as possible. It feels really uninspired. Um, I, I agree with this you. This follows I, I, every other patrol zone, though. Yeah, it's just a big circle. Every patrol zone sucks. Every last one of them sucks. The Dreaming City is tedious to drive around. 
Sorry, guys, but Dreaming City is really cool. It's tedious as fuck to drive around. Remember how much we had to beg for a second fast travel point on oh, Europa? I remember. I remember, yeah. The moon is not as good as you guys think it is. No, the moon sucks. I always, I never liked the moon, though. That's, the uh, that's patrol zones in D1 were also terrible before anybody gets any sort of idea. The dreadnought was the only cool thing, and that's because it was the first thing with a ton of secrets. And that's why we yeah, liked it, was, it so much. It was one of the only things I didn't feel like you were just driving in a circle. If the dreadnought was in here today, you guys would hate it. Just saying. You guys would do nothing but bitch and moan. If the dreadnought was a brand new oh, location for the first time here, you guys would complain. Y'all yeah. would complain about the invisible platforms 24-7. Oh, God. Those things... <laughs> Yeah. i mean so, we already kind of got those in the in the uh witch queen though so with the as know, a the... as a destination i think i actually like this better than the, uh, and i'm i'm gonna say something controversial i like it better than the throne world the throne world feels more alive because it feels like there are you know there's warring factions between the hive and the scorn and that you're just trying to do shit and there's hive light bearers patrolling around too um mm -hmm. but I actually kind of like Niamuna better. Maybe I just like Niamuna better because there's more fast travel points, frankly. <laughs> I, I'm i going to agree with you. I think the throne world is super cool, but I also think the throne world, there's not enough of like, it's, it's most of it is like just the swampy area. And it's like, well, if I wanted swamps, I would just go back to the EDZ, you know, like I, I, I know that there's a lot of like buildings and stuff like the, in the, in uh, the throne world, but like, most of it you're in the swamp area and it's like well i don't i want to be in a cool new area i don't care about the swamps you know and i know like some of the rumors was like that swamp area was kind of repurposed from like maybe an old chicago style patrol zone that they may or may not have done i don't know but like it still it was like oh, man but i i agree with you i though i i think neo muna is actually way cooler than than the throne world yeah, um, but despite it being cooler, Yamuna still kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. It kind of sucks. I like that there's so much the Vex architecture still in the game, and I don't know if that's going to rotate each week with the Vex in, uh, infiltration point, but I like that we're reusing some of those assets that we like so much from Splicer. Mm -hmm. The I will, I will say right now, the Arcade Lost Sector is the best lost sector this game has ever done it's it's up there with the fallen nightclub from the tangled shore <laughs> it's nightclub. it's absolutely fantastic it's missing paul mccartney music but it's pretty it's pretty great it's pretty it's genuinely a challenge too like i'm actually kind of afraid to go do that on like legend or master that's cool though like it, it's it's cool it's like this just keeps coming back to a theme that I have going because, like, I, and I, I got, I gotta give praise to Terminal Overload, the new uh, activity that's going on. That it's gonna, it rotates daily between three sectors. It rotates daily, and it's this big, long public event that takes like twenty minutes, like fifteen to twenty minutes, and you get two chests out of it. You can only unlock a second one with a key, but you get like guaranteed special weapons that only. There's three weapons that only drop from that, and they rotate based on the day. That's where I got the uh, Strand SMG from, as a matter of fact. I think yeah. it goes uh, Shotgun, SMG, uh, LMG. I think are the three that drop from there. That is a genuinely hard activity. You have to have a group of Guardians. You can... Now, the thing that they did do here, which we were asking for years to be done with Escalation Protocol, with the Blind Well, and with other various activities that we've had like this, is let us load straight into it. 
Mm-hmm. You can load straight into an instance. It'll take you straight. It'll take you straight to that. Even if there's not a fast travel point for that location, it'll take you straight there. But you can go with a fire team of three automatically if you want to put together a fire team. And it's putting the way I interpret it is other people who choose to load in there will automatically get put into your instance. But if somebody happens to be driving by, like Nadiki and I were day one, we drove by and fought the tier three boss. Yeah. We just didn't have a key to unlock that second chest, but that was really cool. You can stumble upon it just going around in the open world. And I think those opportunities are so cool. It feels like a these are world bosses that are so challenging. You got Threshers flying around, you got interceptors. Oh, we gotta we gotta kill Cabal. Oh, we gotta go take this plate from the Vex now. And there's there's this big Minotaur that spawns, and oh, we gotta pick up Vex craniums and shoot the boxes, and now there's a big tank, and there's a big scion, and oh, there's a Big ass wyvern, we gotta fight uh, here at the end. Oh, you gotta fight a scion and then the wyvern, and you gotta go through these phases that drop their shields. It's teaching you these mechanics in a patrol event, technically. Yeah. And it's so cool. Those are the moments. Like when I see things like that, I kind of go, How does anybody like the throne world over this? Now, granted, the three types of public events are things we've been doing since vanilla D2, and that's completely unacceptable. At this point, I'm just going to say it. It's completely unacceptable. Yeah. But that big public event is so fun. It's so fun. And I think that Bungie has kind of started to nail it with these funner activity types like that. So, man, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, how else to uh, to vocalize it. I think that... It's funny, at once, it's a boring world, but if you go to the zone, if you go to the Vex Infiltration Zone, uh, there's also, like, strand things you can pick up all over the place there. You get increased strand drops, strand bucks, and everything else, which is really fun. Strand bucks. <laughs> well, you, you do. You get you get it for using strand abilities and getting strand kills. So, yeah. you're getting rewarded just for using the subclass, which is nice. Yeah. So, you you have that. And it, but if you're not in that zone or in the one where the big event's going on, it's kind of dead. Yeah. It kind of sucks. The quest to get to the point where you can get a daily key sucks. Does it? It No. That's not no. the one I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of something. There's a weekly you can get each week for the infiltration. It's a Vex infiltration mission you can do when the Vex uh, in the Vex zone. That mission was simultaneously awesome. And there is also a hint that Asher Mir is in the Vex network, by the way. Um, there have been cool. pe- there have been uh, humanoid figures spotted inside the Vex network when you go to do the mission. But it's a time trial mission. You refresh your timer by killing enemies. You gotta fight your way through champs and through a boss and everything else. And there is there is a triumph that you have to do it. You have to do one of those in under seven minutes in order to get the title. I think things that, like that are that really sucks. cool. They really add to the game. And it was a genuine challenge. I did I did a solo. It was a genuine challenge for me. Um, had to go in, had to experiment with a bunch of new weapons in order to do it. Um, but I had a lot of fun with this. I think that for all my gripes about the campaign and uh, honestly about Namuna itself, I like the events that you can do. I think that there's, there's fun little random secret events. Like there's a Vex Construct. Let me go scan this. And oh shit, uh... Powerful Vex showing up in 30 seconds. You've got to shoot all these things to act as like an authenticator code that are around you. Shoot all like five things and all of a sudden the complex disappears and you get a chest. If you don't do that, there's a Minotaur or a Wyvern that'll spawn on you. Ooh. It's not hard to kill them, but you just got to kill them. Um, 
you can pick up a cabal antenna and go running with it, and they will target you from space and start shooting lasers down at you. Things like that are really, really fun to me. I think that those are those are interesting and unique things that make the world feel a little more alive than we've seen in the past. It's a step in the right direction, I'll say that. Yeah. However, the city feels really empty, even though we do get an explanation for that with the cloud arc. Uh, everybody's consciousness is uploaded as a security protocol for what's happening with the invasion. It is a bummer that we only ever talk to nimbus and rohan they are the only two cloud there's only two cloud striders at any time it's a total like sith rule of two thing by the way yeah uh, no more no less <laughs> right i wonder man i had a theory what's your theory know. hit me with I, your theory hit me with your theory Corey. i i don't i don't know what's if it's gonna happen or not but i had a i wonder i wonder if osiris becomes obsessed with strand and he like wants to become a cloud strider I had that thought, but I also think like it's probably too late for him. Who Osiris? Yeah, uh, I, I I think it is. I mean, um, so Osiris, you will get to a point um, listening to because uh, there's interludes. You can go talk to Osiris after each mission, and I if right. you haven't done the or if you have even done the campaign, I encourage you to go do it because it's yeah. really rewarding. Yeah, but uh, Osiris will leave to go back to the tower. I assume he'll come back for some quests throughout the year. Because he said he says himself, I'm going to keep keep a watchful eye over uh, over Nimbus and uh, Rohan, or not Rohan, Nimbus and uh, Niamuna. Yeah, I think that's really fascinating that Osiris has kind of taken it upon himself to do this. And you also have to wonder at this point what else is in his mind that Sabathun may have accidentally shown him. I I think Nimbus's biggest fault is that their writing is so inconsistent. Yeah. Um, they are meant to be this jokey character, and I get that, oh, they're supposed to be the comic relief, and I just think it falls really flat, like, at the same time, though, I don't want to complain that they're not serious enough, because, guess what, we have enough serious characters that are crossing their arms back at the tower, I really don't need to add another character to our repertoire doing that. Right. I mean, So that's, yeah, that's kind think... of my... Thought. Do you think it has something to do with their voice modulation? Like, I feel like some of their jokes don't come off as. I think that's part of it, genuinely, and it's that yeah. is, I want to be very clear that is no slight to the voice actor. No, 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 no. This is this is definitely a. This a was an audio in. choice. This this yes. was an audio mixing choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I do think that that affects it quite a bit because uh, I described uh, Nimbus's voice as a cheese grater on my ears at one point. Mm-hmm. and that bothers me yeah um i do think the potential is there though for nimbus to be an integral part of the story going forward yeah i also think it's interesting that they've put there's a time limit on nimbus um i don't remember off the top of my head it's if it, I'm sh- cloud strider well i, I know it's 10 years i don't know how long nimbus has been a cloud strider off the top of my head i'm sure it is explored in lore books that i have not had a chance to read well. yet well, he calls him. He called himself a rookie a couple of times, so that makes me think it's probably been about a year or less, right? I mean, that's what I'm. I, I think either way, I think it's interesting that we have a preordained end date for a character in the franchise. Yeah, that if there were to be a time skip, him and Osiris might not be around anymore. Yeah, you know, if there if there were to be a time skip, you know, they're not exactly immortal. Right. 
So I think that adds an interesting layer to this. But again, I think that him being, them being kind of jokey would have been a bit better if we'd been introduced to them, I don't know, even a season ago. I think it actually kind of would have been cool if we accidentally stumbled upon a Neomonan outpost or, you know, uh, that was like the final pirate hideout was the space station where uh, Elsie found her puka. Yeah. That actually could have been really interesting and be like, what? Like, if that's where we started figuring out that the Ishtar Collective and the Nephilim Stronghold were actually a thing. I actually thought about maybe what if they hinted at something like this in Beyond Light, you know, because we were out that way. I think there's there's a lot of things you could have done to set this up a little bit better. Yeah, it feels very random to me that this uh, that Neomuna and Neptune are introduced now, but I get it. It's this is an expansion that I think honestly would have been better served if we didn't. I can't believe I'm gonna say this if we didn't have a new destination. Yeah, I'm not saying like oh we needed to go back to Venus or something, but I think it's a little late in the game for us to be introducing a brand new planet and patrol zone and everything else. When we could have overhauled one of the maybe one of these others, or like, oh, maybe, uh, maybe they're searching for the veil on Io or on Venus, like somewhere that we've been before. I I think there's just there's a lot of opportunities we could have taken with the game design here. But I'm gonna we have would we have been complaining that they brought another D1 destination back with Venus, or would we explore a different part of Venus, or you know what I mean? Like I I don't know. I feel yeah, and I I understand. I think that you're between a rock and a hard place here. Because it feels to me that we're going to explore somewhere different mm-hmm. in Final Shape. I, Final Shape, I think there's going to be some timey-wimey bullshit. I think we're jumping through time for a few things. Would not surprise me if there was a campaign mission in the Vault of Glass, for example. What if you're in the Vault of Glass fighting alongside Kratith? <laughs> things like that could be really cool. Um, I think that they're setting it up for a big ending, but they kind of stumbled along the way. Um, so let's, I don't know. Do we have any final thoughts on the Lightfall campaign, on Neomuna, or any more like basic impressions of Strand? I, I'm intrigued on where it's going. I think I'm more intrigued now, actually, because I was kind of disappointed in the campaign. And I want to yeah. see, I want to know if there's going to be that kind of like, avengers style is this going to pay off later type thing and i also wonder how they're going to wrap it up and i because like for me like the final shape is like the final thing and then the seasons after are going to set up what's next right like that to me that's where i feel like this is going and now i'm wondering how they're going to wrap it up in four seasons and an expansion rather than you know unless they push the final shape but i I doubt they'll want to do that so that's kind of the last thing I want to bring up as a part of this discussion. I'm glad you said that because I almost glossed over it. I saw some people suggesting that Lightfall should have been delayed. And I do want to say that I think that one of the things that helped the Witch Queen get like that extra layer of polish was mm-hmm. it being bumped from a September window when they usually release these expansions. Or even bumping it from like November when they probably would have released the Witch Queen to the end of February. And giving them the extra three or four months actually was a game changer. Yeah. I, I'm i not going to say that I'm surprised that we did not get one. But I think that he's going to let it sit until we get the raid out. I don't think we're going to hear from Joe Blackburn until after that. But I would expect him to hear about... I would expect to hear from Joe probably right after the raid. Yeah. Um, 
maybe as early as early next week. Because it's kind of funny that we got the state of the game before the release of Lightfall when I kind of feel like we need another one not even a month later. Yeah. Um some reassurances and I, I do think the Twab today did a little bit of that. I'm gonna I'm gonna fly through a couple quick notes on the Twab um after we get done with this review. Um before we move on to sharing uh some of our community thoughts on the uh the campaign and whatnot. But at this point, if there are not conversations happening inside of Bungie already this week of hey we might need to add some lead time onto the final shape to be absolutely fucking certain that this is going to, that this, we're going to nail this. Mm-hmm. Then there need to be, there need to have, those conversations have got to be happening now. Yeah. It's also very clear. I know we've said this a few times in the past year. The engine is at its limit. You can feel it in this expansion. Yeah. Especially with all the verticality and like, with the verticality and, and the fact that, I mean, I feel like if we had left last gen behind, we could have done something more now. Um, they are not. They're not leaving that behind until after the final shape. There has to be a conversation, I think, uh, with Pete. Yeah, Pete Parsons, Luke Smith, uh, Joe Blackburn, whoever needs to be in that room with Herman Holst, saying, "Hey, we need it. We need you to give us the polishing studio that Sony uses to like polish up on Naughty Dog and Santa Monica games and whatnot." Yeah. We we need them to help us build shit for Final Shape. Like right yeah. now. We need to start this now. We need them for a full we need them for like 18 months. Even if it's just handing off building some of the seasonal content to them so they can pull like their seasonal teams in to make shit for Final Shape. Yeah. There's there's some stuff that needs to happen here. And I think that the direction needs to be a little bit tighter. Um, that's, and I, I don't think Joe's a bad director. I want to be really clear. I think the franchise is in great hands. We saw that with, uh, I mean, look at the Witch Queen. The Witch Queen's mm-hmm. arguably the best expansion in Destiny 2. I would, I would argue it's Bungie's best campaign since Halo, to be honest, at some point. Yeah, I, I, I can make that argument. I don't know that I would, but I can make that. Ar- I can't, I could make the yeah. argument that it's their best story since Halo 3. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of the shock that we have, right? We went down, we went from the best to, okay, it's fine. You know, it's not life-altering. It's fine. I think the people who are screaming, there there were legitimately people screaming and calling for the narrative team at Bungie to be fired. You're out of your damn mind. I saw some lamenting that, oh, you have the Sony money now. Why wasn't it better? And I mean, we already knew that nothing was really going to change with Lightfall in regards to that. Final Shape was really when we were going to start to see the Sony money start to take effect. So I hope that they've got an outside studio helping or that they've pulled in that internal PlayStation Polish team to help with that. Um, this is this is important. And honestly, I kind of think that they needed to... I, I thought this a couple years ago. I think it now. I think you need to pause work on those other games that you're working on to make sure that this has a good ending. Mm-hmm. especially after what you just saw. Right. Like, I, I think that a lot of the negative feelings here are amplified. I, I think that they're completely correct, right? As long as we're expressing them, you know, in a constructive way and not just screaming, fire everybody, right? And fuck Bungie. I think that these are amplified by the lack of PvP updates, the lack of care to Gambit. <laughs> Gambit, LOL. 
um, the vaulting of seasonal content and the fact that we had a pretty middling season in Plunder. If you look at this, Plunder excluded, the last time that we had a weak story was Beyond Light. Mm-hmm. And that was two and a half years ago almost. Excluding Plunder. We had the story in Hunt. We had the story in... Sorry, I thought it first for a second. We, we had the story in Hunt. We had Chosen. We had Splicer. We had Lost. The Witch Queen. Risen. Haunted. You had a bit of stumbling in Plunder, although I... Shit, with us coming around to Nezirak, that may even redeem itself partially. Yeah. And partially. Not a lot, but partially. Maybe in retrospect, it looked better. And then you had the awesome Seraph at the end. Right. So we stumbled a little bit. I still think this is better than Beyond Light. It's definitely better than Plunder. Um, yeah. This, I mean, look, this 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 stumble is still better than what they were they were doing. Okay. So I mean, like, like in three years, because I mean, you can even reach back. You can even reach back to fucking arrivals in almost three years. We this is one of two things we can look at and be like, yeah, that was pretty disappointing story wise. And yet the supplemental content has been really good so far. We are two day, We are 48 hours into this release. Yeah. At the time of this recording, it, the game has not even been out for 60 hours yet. And there are people declaring that the franchise is dead. It's got the worst reviews on steam since shadow. It's got worse reviews than shadow keep on steam, which blows mm. my mind. That's um, that's hard. anyone who tells you with a straight face that this is worse than shadow keep. Just that's not somebody you need in your life. Yeah, they're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're wrong um but i want to share keep oh, is bad it's bad and it's gotten worse it's gotten worse in retrospect like yeah. the pyramid reveal was there and then you got a whole bunch of nothing the supplemental content of eris's uh you know nightmares is yeah. excellent excellent but everything else blows it all blows I want to read a few reactions from. I, I went and solicited our community on Discord for a few reactions uh, to this over the last couple of days. Um, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a few of them. I, I asked for three to four sentences. I got like four paragraphs from a lot of these people, so <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read parts of these. Tiger Jesus writes in and says, The legendary campaign had solid missions. Story could have used an ink blot to explain the plot, MacGuffin. Strand feels underwhelming but has potential. Uh, kind of the same things that we were feeling, I think, mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. Joasis, of course, wrote in. Uh, the missions were inherently fun, but honestly, the story was a mess. I don't know if they tried to tackle too many things at once, but this expansion uh, feels like filler for Final Shape, and it's not looking good that they charged $50 for filler. Pause. I want to pause there for a second in regards to filler. Uh, and this is not targeted at Joasis. I hate the filler argument because I think a season can be filler, but I I want to use the TV analogy. I really hate when there are were people saying like, oh, this is just filler. This is just filler in TV shows because it didn't explicitly shove the plot forward. I don't think this is filler. I think enough things happen that you could not do these and see, you could not have done these events like taking down Callus in a season. Yeah. You needed to actually have that in game. And I'm okay with that. I don't think you would have gotten a destination added, but much like we said, this feels like it was supposed to be a part one. It kind of feels like the death of Callus should have been like, like the 60% mark, frankly. If you had removed Strand, that probably would have been like 
maybe even halfway point of the expansion. Yeah, I feel like I feel like the Callus boss fight actually feels like a two thirds of the way. Hey, we're two thirds of the way through here. Let's mm-hmm. you know that first here that... we're we're gonna throw a huge right hook at you now for something yeah. you didn't expect. Yeah, it feels like okay that the tormentor and the big kind of room while you're infiltrating, uh, not the first one, but I th- I think it's the second one. Uh, when you're going into Callus's ship, I think. Mm-hmm. And that one that you're fighting, where all like the the cabal tanks are and stuff, I feel like that would be like okay, that's the first major tormentor that you're kind of fighting, uh, yeah. with you know mechanics going on, a, a, a few mechanics going on here and there. That's like one third, and then Cal's would be like two thirds, and then yeah. whatever's the witnesses like the final shape campaign would be like the last third. I I and I agree with that. Um let's uh let's keep it so uh also fifty dollars for filler um i mean the expansions have long been forty dollars this feels like just kind of like the natural increase of things everybody everything's gotten more expensive um and i don't know if i believe they've done it in the past but i'm not entirely certain um including the uh first season season pass i think they've done it before but i don't explicitly remember um but that may also be why it was 50 instead of 40 I do think, though, that you could have charged mm-hmm. 40 for this if you were including a season and 30 just for the expansion. If this was priced lower, I think there would have been less outrage. But I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, yeah. Joe like also that. says, um, and jo- 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 Joe goes on to say the same thing. Um, you, you don't have to read all this. Uh, I, this feels like it should have been maybe a 35 or $40 expansion, not the most expensive one to date. Though we're only 48 hours, so it's too early to tell. Um Nerd generalist agree with I agree with the points made by uh, Tiger Jesus and Joasis. Story for me lacked the appropriate tone. New characters feel shallow and disposable. Yamona's beautiful but empty and flat. Cutscene work was great. Music is fantastic. Um, I don't know if uh, nerd. I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, check it out, but you should definitely go check out that super public event. I think that and the Lost Sectors, the um, hard reset. I think it's is what it's called. Um, which is the the uh, special vex mission you can do once a week in the occupied zone like that the exotic quest i think a lot of that does a lot to like add to the the yeah. things that you didn't care for and it's a shame that it all comes in supplemental content i would have loved for this stuff to have been part of the campaign yeah um of course we're, we weren't going to get out of this without a1 johnny contributing no, of course not um, I had a lot of fun playing through the campaign. Regular flow of oh shit moments that had me smiling. That said, for the penultimate episode of the saga, it felt like the wrong time for yet another stay tuned, find out more ending. Uh, maybe because I'm a callous simp, I was really hoping he was going to have his own plan, some wrench to throw on the witness's plan at the end. Nope, that's not callous. Callous wants whatever is going to keep him alive at the end of the universe. He thought it was a one-way ticket to partying and uh, I think kind of forgot how much we can fuck his shit up. Um Quality of life changes across the board are a huge W in my book. Strand, especially on Titan, is a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Um, totally agree. Uh, Going to save some of the quality of life thoughts for next week, I think. Um, but uh, early impressions on the loadout system, I, I really like it. I still think Dim is probably better. But as far as an in-game tool, it's mm-hmm. really good. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to really sit and play with it yet. Uh, but, you know, I'll play with it once I get leveled more and have... <laughs> resources to do more uh andre writes in we haven't heard from andre in a long Ooh, time andre uh, music was great cutscenes were awesome new city is interesting 
Strand is a bit meh, but the potential is there for it to be badass. Overall, story felt a bit rushed and could have been longer, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. I'd give this a 7 out of 10, especially the holy shit moments. Like, we all share the same positives. There were a lot of big, awesome set, set pieces and moments in the campaign. Some awesome music. Of course, Bungie's music team kills it, and the cinematics were just chef's kiss. Yeah. Uh, we, this, again, like, the most cutscenes we got, we got a perfect mix of the drawn ones, we got one that kind of looked like a painting that was like moving around. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the callous ones. Yeah. And then we got a lot well, that, of in- There was that also, there was that callous one too, where like the, the it was like cracking and stuff while it was playing. Or is yeah. that the painting one you're talking about? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah. that's the one I'm talking about. Um, duh, 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 duh. Yeah. And I, I, I contributed to the conversation about like, yeah, I will accept no slander on cinematic sound audio or skybox teams. Um, and then Joe, you know, Joe continues as we were having a whole discussion in there. Uh, Joe, Joe continues to say, you know, um, it wasn't a bad campaign, just not up to the par of Witch Queen. Um, and as Johnny says, uh, at the end of the day, it's still a better campaign than Shadowkeep and Beyond Light. Yeah. Our last comment on this story comes to us from Ronnie. Um, and I've, I've been really interested to see what Ronnie's been saying. Um, I know he was playing through it with some friends, uh, he was playing through it with Saint 14 and with, uh, I saw uh, his buddy Aaron in there with him, too. Um, Ronnie has a bit of a different take. He has a bit of a different take than us. And I like this, and that's why I want to read his in full. It's a little long-winded, but we only have really one question tonight. So uh, I want to take the time to do this. People are complaining about the story, but I don't see it. Maybe my outlook is different. This was the big blockbuster movie that kicks off the new hit TV show, Seasonal Stories, and will develop over time. Did we leave Lightfall with more questions than answers? Yeah, we did, just like a movie would have. Are there, is there some cringe stuff? Sure. I'd probably give this an easy 7.5 out of 10 so far. Strand feels different to get than Stasis missions because, well, we all thought we were getting something we shouldn't have been getting, plus the long dry spell with just three subclasses. Strand had a tough act to follow after all three subclasses getting overhauled and feeling fresh and new. So maybe the feeling isn't that it's mid, but it's just at this point not as flashy and feels lackluster compared to what we've had since 3.0. I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. When they yeah, were introducing it, I was like, cool, I'll use it for the campaign, then I'll probably put it away because I finally have builds that I enjoy on these other classes. And instead I'm running strand a lot because it's really fucking fun. Yeah. Grappling around and using rope darts is really fun, guys. Uh, grappling is so much fun. It's I cannot so stress fun. it enough. Uh, the quality of life stuff is amazing so far. Uh, mods made simpler and more casual. Vendors with actual stuff we want or to try to grind for now instead of not caring for a whole expansion. Absolutely agree. Really happy about that. Glad you pointed that one out. Ada having old shaders. Amanda not being there because of the storyline. Being able to get adept rerolls. All get a chef's kiss. The challenge aspect of it is also a huge W. Things actually feel pretty tanky without feeling like a bullet sponge for the most part. Tormentors are an awesome concept, and there were plenty of times Aaron, Saint, and I, and I forgot to uh, read the rest of that. I did not screenshot it properly. Oh, fail. Yeah, Josh absolutely. failed, everybody. I definitely failed, and I'm not happy about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> oh. uh, would jump around waiting to get cleared so we didn't get grabbed. Like I stated overall, 7.5 out of 10, and we're only three days from launch. Um, that Ronnie, uh, congratulations for being a beacon of positivity uh, and not going out like uh, like I did. Mm. So, yeah. There you have it. I, I think most of us are all pretty much in agreement. This is, I would say, 
if I were to put a, I don't know why I just turned on my light. If I were to put a score on this, which I'm, I'm hesitant to do without finishing the other two exotic quests and without doing the raid. If I were to give it an initial grade right now, this would be a 7.5 bordering on an eight for me. And that doesn't mean, oh my God, it's amazing. That's 7.5 means good. Yeah. That means good. Like there are, it means good and good does not mean it's not, I, it's not 10 or nothing. That's not how we, how we grade things. Mm-hmm. It's, it's good. It's good. It has a lot of good parts. It's just the package isn't great. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it's just, it's a lot of the, the forcing strand on us, the lack of like, I don't know, vibes in Neomuna, I guess you could say, I don't know how else to describe it. And the, uh, MacGuffins of the campaign not being explained really all kind of spiral a little bit. And I think there's some community animosity on top of that. And it just is like, yeah, I can see why there would be some Vitarol after that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'd probably say for the campaign, I, I'm going to, if I'm just taking the campaign into perspective, not the whole package, just the campaign, I probably got to go seven. Yeah. I'd probably go a seven. I might go up to a seven five. It's absolutely a seven five if I can include the exotic LMG quest as part of the story. Because I do think that it's a very fitting epilogue for the game that actually makes me feel differently about the characters and the events. Like it genuinely does enough lifting there. And lore wise, it is one of the most important exotic quests that we've gotten in a very long time. Yeah. Going all the way back to, literally, going all the way back to the events of Destiny 1. So, I'd probably give this a 7. I could be persuaded to go up to a 7.5. Corey, where are you sitting at if you were to score this today? I I would probably say... Just the campaign. Let's take take, uh, anything that we do, like, post-exotic quest out. Yeah, this this is just the campaign. I would probably say... I'd probably say about a seven. I would say a seven. I uh, the reason why I say a seven is because I just I feel like the Witch Queen was so good, and maybe my disappointment that it wasn't as good as the Witch Queen maybe knocked it down further than maybe it should have. Mm-hmm. And like you said, there's just like a lack of life in this city that feel like is supposed to be thriving, right? With and. I know the story reasons for it, but that that's also like the Batman Arkham. Oh, it's Christmas, so everyone's inside because it's snowing, kind of thing to me. You know, uh, it's a but, it's kind of a but, lame excuse ultimately. Yeah, but also I I want to point out that they've never really done an active city before either. No. Right. So I think that... the explanation for not having the active city makes sense. Everybody's loaded up into the cloud arc. And I do like that the the citizens talk to you via the cloud. I think that's actually a really unique yeah. uh, twist on, like, random dialogue you might hear. Mm-hmm. But maybe give us more than just two cloud striders. Maybe cloud striders could be coming around, like, helping out, like, NPCs. Maybe there should yeah, be some I, friendly, friendly cabal. I, friendly cabal, vanguard frames, I don't know. I wonder if Nimbus is going to take this kind of no pun intended, stride of his new found role as like the lead slash only cloud strider and maybe change that rule of we only have two at a time. I genuinely so think bigger. that one of the final things that we see in the final shape, like if there's a cutscene wrapping everything up, a la Des- Vanilla Destiny 1, yeah. I think that you will, pro- or even uh, Vanilla Destiny 2, 
I think you'll get a scene. I think you'll see scenes of like what all of our allies are doing in the aftermath, and I think that mm-hmm. one of them for Nimbus will be uh, being put into the Hall of Heroes before he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, even though that's not how they do things, like his memorial being etched or mm-hmm. their memorial being etched as one of the uh, one of the great Cloud Striders, um, as he bo- as he deserves to be remembered after the campaign, just like mm-hmm. Rohan is. Um, but also training the next generation. I could see yeah. that happening. Um, yeah. I think that would be really, really important um, to see. And I think that also opens the door for them to possibly accompany us on whatever happens next. Yeah. If there's more Cloud Striders to protect Niamuna. So, uh, kind of some food for thought. We do have one question tonight. Ooh. It's a bit of a special one. Um, our old friend world jukebox world jukebox stay safe buddy writes in yes thank you for good old doing trevor doing hello from kuwait miss you guys question about lightfall but also destiny as a whole as we approach 10 years of this beautiful game what do you think the 10-year anniversary plan will be secrets merch in-game activities etc hashtag it's been a week well trevor first off thank you for writing in it's been a while hope you're staying safe yes um we are in year nine right now um the 10-year anniversary the 10-year anniversary actually will not be until 2024 Uh, i think it's pretty clear why the final shape is lined up to be there also hey bungie if you were gonna if you were gonna delay it you could always delay it to the original date that destiny came out Oh man, um, could you imagine if, if they did that? Could you imagine them getting six more months to work on this? Absolutely. Um, I do think that there will be, I mean, obviously we're thinking, I, I can't even think about what's going to be like merch and things like that. There's going to be a bunch of merch. If the 30th anniversary of Bungie was any indication. Better start saving now, Josh. Cause, uh... I, oh my God, dude, listen, I'm so broke from all the shit that I've bought. If, um, they, sell, if they sell a 10 year anniversary collector's edition, I will be getting that. I, I would be getting that too. It needs to have Dinklebot though. Dinklebot has to talk. God. What um, if it's what if it what if it's literally like what if it's what if it's another kind of ghost edition and it talks, Dinklebot just talks to you. That'd be great. I mean my the the one that I got in the original ghost edition does have his voice in it. Yeah. I would say that I think that us getting an anniversary pack actually feels pretty much guaranteed. And if you were to punt, so I'm thinking, I'm talking hypothetically, or if you were to point, punt final shape, give us a wrap-up season along with it, you know? But mm-hmm. how about that second season, quote-unquote? What if that's just an anniversary pack? Yeah. And it's just like fucking vibes. What if the anniversary pack is bringing D1 into D2? Oh, no. What if For it's good. just that, uh, what if it's that original kind of like, year one of destiny but reworked into a story that's comprehensive and fluid <laughs> like even even uh what if we get the original e3 mission oh man well we kind of did though right that's the new light mission that is the new light mission uh, yeah i guess that is the first i, mean, I want like... joe statin narrating it oh geez uh no i wonder if like what would be cool is if that was kind of like a nod like that original storyline of because like if you remember when rise of iron came out they kind of reworked the entire uh house of wolves and crota's end or uh dark below into 
that original storyline quest. Yes. And kind of, you know, tried to piece it together. What if they streamlined the whole thing and just did that? I mean, the Taken King was supposed to be a part of it originally, too. Yeah, I know. And each planet was supposed to, you were supposed to start on a planet, <laughs> depending on which race you started as. There, oh, there were a lot of things that they just simply couldn't do because of uh, 360 and PS3, I think. Um, I think it still would have been hard with any other class, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So like beyond knowing that they're going to give us a 10th anniversary pack in-game, I can't really think of anything else right now off the top of my head, because that is uh, 16 months away, roughly. Yeah. Um, and I, I need to see if I can make it through the final shape first at this point, unfortunately. Um, I don't think, I don't think my timing is off on that. Destiny did come out in 2014, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was, uh, yeah. 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 September 9th, 2014. I didn't think I was going crazy. So, um, well, we, we may be able to revisit this and like, like around episode 200. <laughs> We might have a better idea by then. Yeah, we're close. Just we're not. <laughs> we're not close at all. <laughs> we're 70, 60 something episodes away. Oh my god. Enough. All right. Uh well, there you have it, guys. Lightfall, the campaign, the good bad the good, the bad, and sometimes kinda ugly. Yeah. Um if you're if you're a newer listener, join the Discord and tell us how you feel about the about the campaign. Yeah, come come I, tell me how wrong I am. And especially if you're like a, a listener and you found this and you jumped in at Lightfall, which hi, oh, I would welcome. I would love to hear if Lightfall was your first experience with Destiny. Yeah. Holy shit, my yeah. my DMs are open. Also, sorry that uh, <laughs> you had to do the new light stuff. Yeah, oof. I I have a friend who's going through it right now because he got Beyond Light for free on PS Plus, and he is like, "What on earth is happening right now?" Yeah. So I feel bad that I'm having to explain that. You should have been like, you're not on Earth, you're on Europa. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, Corey. Do the thing. Let's get out of here. Are we getting out of here? Is it is it time? I think is it's it time? time. I I think we're getting out of here. Yeah, I I've had enough time to do quests. I've not had enough time to do lore yet. So I need no, to do, I need to like formulate some lore corners. No, that's that's cool. That's good. Uh yeah, so I want to thank everybody for watching and or listening to this episode of Tower Casuals. If you like the show, leave us a rating or a nice review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really helps. Uh welcome on all the new listeners. It's cool because uh not that anybody really cares, but Anchor keeps track of like how many new listeners you have in the in the coming in like the last week or two and it's like it's really nice to see a, a lot of new listeners join us so welcome to all you new lights out there that's what we're gonna call you even if you're not uh josh where can we find you uh twitter at josh underscore finn two ends and of course in the discord i'm finn in the discord come hang out with us talk lightfall talk some spoilers uh some theories we're going to be breaking down the raid in the next couple weeks. We got one more episode to get through next week. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the season. We're going to go a little bit more in on Strand um, and on some of these quests. Hopefully I'll have the other two exotic quests wrapped up by that point uh, to be able to talk about them a bit more. And uh, then the week after, uh, I'd say prepare yourselves. You're probably getting two episodes. You're going to get a raid review, as always, and then you're going to get a uh, regular episode on Thursday. So. Yeah. Be, be looking for that not this coming week but the week after the week the week of the 12th 
Yes. Be looking for two episodes. Well, you can follow me at I am Corey HD on Twitter and Instagram. You can also follow Tower Casuals at Tower Casuals on most social media platforms. Subscribe on YouTube if you want to watch the video version. And thank you everybody for watching and or listening. And until next time, we love you. Goodbye.